。哦。Are you typing on your yeah. super super loud type typing board? Oh, uh, this is nothing. This is a um. No, this is the quiet one. The big one is downstairs. The big boy. That is that was a bad investment. You're in your office. It sounds like you're listening to a horse race. Mm. Okay. It doesn't. It doesn't bother me. It just makes me think. You're working, and so then I feel pressure to get oh, off. Like, I know. So it's judgment by keyboard. It really is. It's it's a little it's a little pretentious. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Just like uh, listen to how fast I type these emails to all of these students who I care about deeply. And meanwhile, I'm like, what is Kate Middleton doing today? Let me I know. Look it up like, on the you don't have, you don't have to type for Facebook. Click. Click there, there you go. Actually, I'm back on Facebook. You were you ever off it, Mister? What, what was your name? Yes. Like, yeah. No, I was for like a Yaler year. Mevin or something. Oh, that's right. I did make a fake messenger account. Now this uh, that church in Mount Gilead. So now they want me to do a Facebook Live thing for them Sunday morning. I, I'm guessing when all this settles down, I'll delete again. I don't know. I can feel the pull already. Are you going to be people that gets like very like self-righteous and then regrets it because the pull of information and gossip brings us back in? Maybe. I don't know. Facebook's such a cesspool. I mean, from early on, with getting on yesterday, already I'm getting requests and then I'm seeing people's political stuff, you know, and it's just like, ugh. And it's not the political stuff, I think, right? I mean, it's just, like, annoying. Man, I started ranking social media by, like, toxicness. I think Twitter is at the top. You think? Yeah. Let's see. You're, I guess you're following the wrong people then. I don't know. I don't see that. Like, I, in Facebook, I, it's, I guess you can hide what people say, but um, you kind of still see it. Whereas in Twitter, I, I mean, don't like, know. the people I follow, I think, here's my thing. The people I follow are fantastic. And the ones that follow me. But it, what I notice is that my friends that I follow, sometimes I see their actions on other people's pages. Like it'll say like so-and-so commented on this that I follow, but I don't follow the person they commented on the thing about. So it means that I see this person's page that I don't follow. Sometimes it's great because it means I'm like, oh, that's an interesting person. But then sometimes it's like, Donald Trump realized I followed the woman I was like who is like retweeting all this Donald Trump I kept seeing him in my my feed and it was because I followed the lawyer in making a murderer that television show oh weird and they were retweeting well or liking I don't know I don't know what it was but Hmm. I was just like oh right so I was seeing her actions on her page which is kind of annoying. And then you followed the neo-Nazis of America, and then you're surprised that their stuff's offensive too, right? That happened to you? Uh, nope. <laughs> tend, tend to stay I don't away know why I see this stuff. Tend I'm, I'm to kidding. stay away from those Bad guys. following choices. I guess I mostly follow some news reporters and things. Like I'm not, I don't know. I, I don't follow know. theologians. I use it for, like, I guess networking, but then I only get on it not very often so they were having like a saint augustine tweet storm thing the other night so i posted and of course no one responded to me i was like damn it i I don't know how to do this anyway did you say did you like fanboy and just say he's the greatest i love him (laughs) and also guys it's augustine not augustine that's right that's right what were they twittering about him i think they were just did he come out with a new book or something (laughs) back from the dead can't keep a good saint down someone i follow was doing the hashtag so i don't know what the parameters were i just sort of jumped in 
but they seem to be just tweeting favorite bits from Augustine or little points. It seemed kind of random. You've been on a real Augustine kick this 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 is like the most this semester you've just been laying laying well, flowers know, in the grave. I know. And um I think it's because I don't read I've taught so many intro courses for so long with textbooks. I don't really get to read a theologian anymore. So it's kind of fun to get into someone's mind and textbooks just never do that. So we're reading Simone Bay now and it's just it's just fun to read an actual book that's not a book about books a book so yeah i think that was part of the attraction with augustine and he's just he's just i mean it, it's a it's a classic work it's the first autobiography the kind of first book of a spiritual journey so it's just all sorts of firsts that makes it really interesting and he's kind of funny and he's very self-aware and yeah have you had have you had to like hide your books from balthazar like like change your password so that he doesn't know you're cheating on him <laughs> poor guy he's he's over there like tapping you on the shoulder like hey yeah. remember, don't forget don't about forget murray i thought you liked the german language i don't really know it <laughs> well you can try <laughs> and he also is apparently southern which makes total sense i know i know i know i do these voices in class i'm gonna get in trouble sometimes i'll do that kind of voice we've got we've gone over this you're a white guy you're not gonna get in trouble oh i don't what know what kind of voices do you know well like like the southern one because it's funny if you're talking about someone in the book and you sort of go and do this kind of a sound like one of my uncles. I think that's hilarious. And sometimes I can do a Cartman voice. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. Who who gets the Cartman voice? Just anybody. Anytime I just need a, either I or the students need a little, you know, a little jolt, just a little dopamine hit. How's your transition into online, being an online professor going? Marvelous. Marvelous. <laughs> Well, you know, it's after spring break, so it, it's bad. Yeah. I hope no, no, uh, our institutional admin's not listening, but you know, it's just hard to care a little bit. Like it, yeah. the summer's on the horizon, and then this caritzel virus or whatever, the crudal virus is going around. So, yeah, I'm just the like, Bahama Mama virus. <laughs> yeah, no, I know it's named after some alcohol, so I'm just going to assume it's that one. <laughs> That's rich. That's rich. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm just like, you know, good enough. So I guess, and, and I know the students are stressed and everyone's, I think everyone's preoccupied. So I'm, I'm not Thank trying to be you. a hero. How about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I think even if they are listening, it's totally okay because I think we're all in the same boat. I mean, the, the, the classes we had weren't set up for this and the students, I mean, really weren't set up for this. To, to their credit to our credit really mm-hmm. so i mean like i think it's, that's right I, i've told them literally my my quote was like just hang with me i'm using like phrases like that like mm-hmm. hang with me and let's get through this and i think that's been my mentality you should i like that you should match it with the good voice like remember the um turtle guys in finding nemo surf's up yes. dude I, hang tight <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah my voice, i do my do voice you want to record something for me no there, that was pretty good no no anyway no. say so you're reading anything fun no what i mean the news our oh. life is our life is a trash fire right now what are you talking uh, about did i tell I, you i paid one of my kids to read a book um are, aren't you a teacher is that what you do in class as a parent, <laughs> wait. Said, no, I don't. <laughs> too many of them. Uh, he, I, there was a book I had read, like a sci-fi type thing, and I just knew he would like it, and he would not read it. And part of it was the size; like it, he just was like, "It's too," you know, the the magnitude frightened him. Which child and which book? The one you like, the middle one, the middle I like child. You all, Kevin's children. <laughs> the middle child who is eleven. And it is a, a Mormon kind of fantasy sci-fi writer, Brandon Sanderson, who's great. Yeah. And he wrote a book called Skyfall. And the oldest read it. I read it. I was like, told the middle one, you got to read it, got to read it. No, he just stuck his feet in the, the, um, the soil or whatever, dragged his heels. But he said, I want to make some money with something I can do for money. And that's when the light bulb went off. And I said, yeah, I'll pay you a dollar a chapter. You got to read 30 chapters. 
liked it and he didn't. Is that why? Is that that picture you took that you said? Yes, yes. That really, was that he looked really angry. A little bit. Well, well, he was angry because, you know, I was right. Like he read on and finished the book and I was reading the second one. So he had to admit like it was pretty good. So it worked. That's the nice thing is it worked. Everybody wins. And since I bought it once and three people read it, I feel like, you know, it was worth the investment. Yeah, I mean, you do have to factor in that thirty dollars as yeah, well. Yeah. But I mean, I think bribing children is like a basic parenting tool, based on having no children myself. <laughs> so obviously, an expert. Well, I mean, my my dining out budget is got some surplus right now. Why is that? Because <laughs> of that Bahama Mama virus. Bahama virus. Like I'm not. Which, by the way, man. Doing food is really exhausting. What are you guys doing? Are you getting takeout, right? Well, no, no. I mean, I think we are not like, okay. I, I said this to someone I know recently is that we only have to keep ourselves alive. So that's like, it takes a little bit of the pressure off. So it means that like we go to the store and like we kind of just take what's there like we, we haven't really been and it sort of made us like and by us I mean Stuart <laughs> because I I would just eat ramen I told someone this I was like give me red wine and ramen noodles and like I would be great in the apocalypse if this was actually the end times like literally give me like a block of cheese and on and like just some like kittens and like I'm there so you actually like, are a cat. You are a cat. Because, you know, cats just Probably. eat their bowl of food. That's you and yeah. food. It's just like, well, there's food in the bowl. It's good. Yeah. It's the it's same like, thing oh, as the there's airtime. a noise coming from my stomach. Like, can I please make this stop? Like, <laughs> it's, I, I have no <laughs> love for food. So anyway. Ra- ramen being, noodles are the cat food of the human race. They are. And you know what? They get the job done. So I, but you know what? What? Our local store ran out. <gasps> when I say ran out, ran out of ramen noodles, like wow. it felt, it was the first time I like clutched my chest mm-hmm. in the midst of this thing. I was like, wait a minute, that was my thing. So what'd <laughs> like, you do? Go to the cereal aisle? No, I just was like, well, that's me dead then, I guess. <laughs> 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 I just like, just walked away. I guess that guy can type on his keyboard now in peace. He can. That's, that's how, how does she go? Well. She gave up hope because there was no ramen noodles. But yeah, I mean, we we passed, like, everything was gone. And then we passed this one aisle that had, um, like, all the macaroni and cheese in a box. And I got really excited. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if you can't have ramen, you might as well have mac and cheese. Might as well have ra- ramen with cheese. Dry ramen yeah. with, with cheese is macaroni Hell and cheese. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, but the only one they had literally the only box that they had and there were several of this kind were the broccoli and macaroni and cheese Ugh. and out like freeze-dried or what you think i bought that crap i don't know like all i know is it had broccoli on the outside and i just loved it everything was gone except for this broccoli mac and cheese oh. it's like the world might be ending but like we still have our standards which is that you don't put broccoli in macaroni and somewhere there's like a test kitchen that works for the Velveeta. Velveeta or something. And like that was his life stream was to do broccoli. And he has to broccoli and macaroni well, and cheese. And now he has to live with the fact that no one's buying it, even as they starve. It's true. So we've been doing fine. I mean, like I said, I'm sort of a clean freak anyway. So I like had cleaning stuff. Is your house dirtier? Like, our house is dirtier because we're here more often. It's weird. Uh, Like, we walk around. I mean, we're just here more. No way. Interesting. I mean, no, it probably is. But, like, I I go crazy. I mean, what what the hell heck else do we have to do? I mean, we're here all day. So, it's like, I've been cleaning a bit. I got my hair done today. And by done, I mean, I got my gray covered up because... Did you, did you go somewhere? I did. I, well, I go to this woman who is in a shop with another person. So there's only two of them. And so they're just staggering people. So there's only one at a time. But the governor of North Carolina is making all of those places shut tomorrow. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, I saw that. 
Yeah. So she was like, and and I don't know if you know this, but they've told them they can't open back up for 30 days. So they're going to have to be unemployed for 30 days. Yeah, it's going to be bad, like economically. Yeah. So it is worrying. It's worrying. Well, um, what are you excited about teaching next semester? Are you trying to segue me out of the doomsday discussion? I am. I am. <clears throat> I'm going to break the little bottle of theology. For next semester, um, I've, I've switched classes with you, and I'm teaching that religion in uh, modern America. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, get it, I get flashes of excitement about what I'm going to talk about. Ooh. I know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited. The The kids, the kids, the children, the young people, they always bring up stuff in my world religions class and spirituality class that I think they're interested in that doesn't really fit in either of those that I think I'm going to put into this class. Things like cults. Mm-hmm. They always want to talk about cults. We've talked about cults before. Um, but also like, the history of the evangelical and political connection and stuff like that. So what books will you use and stuff? Um, I am going to use a textbook, but I'm going to try to supplement it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I've stolen some of your books. I don't know if you know this, but you gave them to me and I'm staring at them on my bookshelf right now. All right. So I have, is that American Jesus book a good one? Because that's definitely yours, and I'm staring at it. Or maybe I, think, I bought no, it. you bought a copy. I think it's great. It's a little hard for the students because it's a book. It's not like it. It doesn't have little questions and a lot of stuff. Well, that makes like it. Yeah. I know. I was just saying I, I want to teach real books, but but the uh, that's such an intro class. But it's a yeah. yeah. But it is a fun book because you can talk about. The black Jesus, and you can talk about a Buddhist Jesus. So yeah, it does open a lot. And I do a, I show them a bit from Godspell because that's in the book. So there's a lot of pop culture in there. I mean, that's kind of I want, and I'm interested in showing them the the religions that were created in America, which I think a lot of people don't really realize that there are like American religions, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that will be fun mm-hmm. to kind of go over um because they're always interested there's so many questions about scientology and about like uh mormonism and that kind of thing so i think that'll be a better space to kind of go over some of that kind of fun stuff if you want to call it i mean it's fun to me so i don't know that i have augustine saint augustine florida next semester mm-hmm. i am teaching a class on chaplaincy in the master's course Mm -hmm. which i've uh i'm really excited to dive back into um because i was a chaplain in my earlier life and i really enjoy it Hmm. so uh, i'm excited about that what are you teaching at the mass at charlotte campus uh i think it's the ethics class all right okay so i I tend to flip-flop between ethics theology and then occasionally church history on the Charlotte campus. So it's, so I'm not really digging into, like I thought I might be teaching that liberation class, but so I'm doing more like practical theology and then like history Mm -hmm. kind of. Um, So I don't really have like anyone who's guiding my sales and that. I think I'm just excited about, there is a book called, have you read the evangelicals it's by uh francis fitzgerald it was like a new york times bestseller it's kind of religion history and no no pop culture that sounds good it was it's good it just talks about sort of the i mean i won't use it in class because it's like not really it's more about giving me like kind of a background in my mind Mm -hmm. about the history of of that and um so yeah, that's sort of where I'm at. And um, and I think this is kind of key to teaching is is rotating the courses because yeah, I feel like while the when I've done religion in modern American culture and I've done it for probably I don't know six years now, um, while it works and everything, it has gotten stale. So you're going to bring new life and energy and stuff to it, and it's making yeah. me do that vocation class, and and that will be interesting. Like I'm going to have to get my head around that. Which I've taught, it should be noted, 
it got stale for me after one semester <laughs> of teaching. <laughs> Kevin taught religion and American culture for six years, and I got bored with that class after well, one semester. <laughs> I do think religion and American culture is probably inherently more fun because you get the, like you said, you get the the indigenous religion or not 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 native religions. I mean, like the the home yeah. brewed religions that came from America, yeah. and you get the pop culture, and you can talk about all sorts of things that are a little harder in the vocation class. Yeah. I mean, for me, I just couldn't. And you, when we talked about it together, you had really good ideas about it. It just wasn't, I hadn't bought into the servant leadership thing. I still haven't really bought into that. Um, Sorry, Pfeiffer. Um, But so for me, that was sort of like, I could go over it and tell people about it and look at that. Who's the guy that, that wrote that? Uh, Greenleaf or something, something like that same. yeah um and then yeah I just couldn't I mean we looked at people and we looked at different styles of leadership but I don't know it just didn't feel yeah I think it's like what you said it just took me one semester to get there yeah well partly your experience is informing what I'm going to do like I'm going to try to avoid the servant leadership bit so or I'll just try to stick it in there as a like I'm, I'm not going to try to do the green leaf or the I've got to yeah. I've got to tweak it because if I do what you did I'll be miserable too so yeah and it's tough I think it's it would um I think someone suggested this that like that course would be good at like uh, a majors like a, mm-hmm. a religion major level because then you could talk about specific vocation right or you know that religion majors would have or that kind of thing but like you're in a class of like 32 kids with like all different majors and you're like okay we're gonna you know like it's it's a little bit because it's it's a very like specific class that you have to generalize if that makes sense right like so it'll be interesting i i think you'll do well at it also you're more of a feeler than me like I get those classes and I'm like, uh, like my, I look at the syllabus and my hands like catch on fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll just show it's... a picture of my kids and start crying or something. Please do. <laughs> Cause that probably would be, they'd be like, Oh my God, he's so, I feel so connected. And it's like, Oh no. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're, you can, you can bring the heat. And and what but... you're getting at too. I think, I think trying to get them to figure out their vocation as a future job is a terrible mistake because Mm -hmm. they're young. I mean, there's no one at that age really has any conception. So I guess you can look at at what other people have seen as their vocation. And I guess they could figure out their vocation now as a student, but sort of hearing some football coach come in and talk about their job I think it's because I don't like pressure and I just don't feel like it's fair to them to put like yeah they don't need to figure out their whole life career most people change like don't you know don't worry about it like just explore and and think about different vocations and and you know you don't have to make a commitment I don't want I want to avoid the commitment that's what I want to do like you do not need to commit to this is what I want to do this is my lifelong dream because yeah I think that's kind of a silly point to be honest it is. It is. And it's not a, like I like the class in the sense that it gets them thinking about the future. But yes, I mean, yeah. for me, I just didn't know how to translate it. Usually someone gives me a class and like the sort of outline starts to form in my brain. And like with that one, I just was it was kind of all over the place. So right. it'll be good to see how that how that goes. Um, oh, I was going to ask you, did you put in a uh, proposal for AAR? I did not. Okay. I, I'll vaguely look and I searched if there's anything in my area. And then, yeah. if, and then I just kind of give up because it never is exactly. So I've never gotten a paper accepted at AR. I'm, have you proposed no matter, again? Did you propose? I, have, I do it every year. I've, I'm literally zero for like 600 for, and I've gotten other paper. I've done the same proposal to a different conference and got it. And I've just never. I, I have never, one. well, one year I did, but it's because I knew the, the chair of the working group 
And I was like, oh, good, I have a tribe. And the group folded the next year. So, uh, but that's the only year I've had luck. So, yeah, I have tried many years and, and never had any luck. And I've just given up, kind of. Yeah, I put forth two this time. So, good for you. We'll yeah. Well, I always do. I mean, it's, it is, it's okay for me. I mean, they've all ended up being no. So, right. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, we'll see. We'll see if I if, if they go through. And I got turned down. I thought that Lovecraft thing would be fun. Yeah, and I is. thought, oh, they'll want you know, I'll be sort of the freak because they're they were all literature people. So I thought, oh, they'll like having me because I'm sort of the freaky religion guy, like coming in talking about Lovecraft. And it's like, nope. What was your proposal going to be about? It was about something. Uh, oh yeah that Lovecraft is someone who's against simplicity. Like he's, you're, you're, all, you're always separated from the narrator. He's often playing with time. You don't really know what the monster is. Like there's a, there's a mythos hidden behind the world, but no one really gets it. And so he's always kind of, he's inherently sort of modern and deconstructing. Mm. And that was kind of inspired by an interview with Alan Moore who had its big rant against Star Wars because he says Star Wars is like sci-fi fundamentalism because it's good versus Ooh. evil. And I thought, damn it, he's right. It is. It's like a very simple sci-fi, good versus evil, yep. Jedi and stuff. And, and, and I thought, you know, Lovecraft, even though he was a hundred years ago, he's resisting that easy. And he was a Pulp Fiction writer. Um, his, his stories were not just people, you know, the guys in white hats and fighting the guys in dark robes and stuff. You know, that's really, really interesting because they even call it the dark side. Like I, mm -hmm. I, I watch, so my husband um, is very into Star Wars and it was only very recently that I watched them all, like shockingly recently. Um, I think I'd seen one or two of like the 90s. Mm -hmm prequels or whatever but anyway I watched it all the way through and I was like and everyone's going crazy you know about all these new Star Wars films and in my mind I was like this is like we've heard this story before right like, this is a basic like I mean even in the world religion it's not just Christianity it's like this is kind of this is sort of the way they go you know right and yeah, so I can kind of, I think that's an interesting point. I mean, because I don't think I, I was, I was overwhelmed with the presentation of the story, but in Star Wars, but I wasn't overwhelmed by the idea behind the story, if that makes sense. I was just like, all right, there's a good side and a bad side. Yes. And the good side can take you by giving you wealth and uh power and you know but it's never clear why the dark side corrupts you like that's the problem like it's not clear like it's supposed to corrupt you but it was never very convincing that anyone i guess palpatine was corrupted by a lust for power but why did anakin become darth vader again i guess in part he thought he got upset because of he thought she would get hurt but that still wasn't really i don't know you know like it it, it it's it's sort of a major thing for someone to become bad it is but in some ways that kind of mirrors life like even that's one of novel ideas like we, why are we obsessed with these true crime shows or serial killer mm. shows it's like well you want them interviewed because you want to find out i mean what's the basic thing everyone wants to know why did you do this yeah. right so what is that core flip that got switched that makes you do these things and i think maybe that's the thing in star Wars is they're not really giving you that because that is not a thing that's very easily definable. Mm -hmm. It's just that sometimes, I mean, Anakin lost his, from what I remember, again, star Wars people in the audience, apologies. I am a novice, but I think he lost his, his wife and the mother of his children. And then he kind of flipped. Like he had a connection to humanity that he lost and after that it's yeah that's well. i mean that, i think you're right that's what they're going for I, I guess i just never found it super convincing and part of it is 
that I, I mean, I love the Star Wars movies and I love the original trilogy and that left it very mysterious. Like that's, that somehow Luke's father was a good guy and became a bad guy. And then when they tried to explain it in the later trilogy, I'm just not sure it, 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 they, so they, they made, they simplified it yet again, I guess you could say. So, um, just call up George Lucas. Just call it, I know. And I mean, again, I love, I have a real soft spot, especially Empire Strikes Back. And, and, and a lot of it has a lot of nostalgia for me because that, that was a huge event seeing those movies in the theaters. So, and the music and the effects, like it, it's just a lot of stuff coming together. But, uh, but yeah, it is, it is kind of a simple story. And Lovecraft is, it's about loss of perspective and madness. And, and he's got this great thing in one of the stories where like the angles don't line up. That's sort of weird. Like you, you it's kind of a, a paradoxical idea. Like the angles are not Euclidean. They're, they're angles from another dimension. Like the angles in the corner of this room, the, I think it's the, the, the dream in the witch house and a witch comes out at night and he finally sees her and she comes out of the corner, but the corner, the, the, like the perspective doesn't work and he's trying to describe that. So it's always destabilizing um, for Lovecraft. So yeah, I thought I it was clever. I would have accepted your paper. No, man, it was poorly proposed. I don't know. I thought it was pretty good, but, uh, but it didn't maybe, maybe one day you can, you can just cut once you're done clicking your loud uh, keyboard, you can come into my office and just present, just present it, it to it, me. Right. With some puppets. I have thought, yes. I have a bunch, I'm sure you do too, the lanyards from conferences. I've yes. always kept them for Many. some reason. So I used to joke that when I turned a certain age, I was going to have a Kevin conference and I would invite all my friends and I'd hand out yes. the lanyards and then like the whole conference would just be about me. <laughs> so like people would give papers and there'd be meals, but the whole thing would just be, you know, it's like they'd have to give proposals and then get the badges, but they were all just for my conference. Did you reflect much on that? Why that gave you such delight? Well, it's just so stupid. I think it's so. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess like you've done all these other things. Now it's my time. <laughs> it's almost like a funeral, except for it's an academic setting. So like, I want a forty-minute paper on something that I like, <laughs> or something I did. <laughs> Are you gonna be dead? No, no. I'm just alive? saying it's kind of like almost. It's sort of like a. No, no. I I, I want to hear it. Cause, I'm just because gonna... I want to talk about you, but I don't want you to be there, like in body. No, I'm going to be there, but I'll be on Facebook or something. Like I'm not even listening to my own conference. That's about me. Well, that that is definitely <laughs> probably what, what would happen. I would say. <laughs> oh, they wouldn't have much to say, but yeah. Or you would you would be like on your computer organizing the notes of the meeting that you were currently. I would at. in a new application that. And a new new thing that had come that out. It just come out. That would be me. Yes. So it'd be like a whiskey I session, would... and there'd be a Baltazar session, and there'd be an Augustine session, uh, and then there'd be. I a... don't know if Baltazar's going to show oh, up here. But I already told him he could come. I mean, you're you can only have one one big daddy. Theologian. <laughs> <laughs> Like you can't invite oh, like Schleiermarker and Carlberg. That's like, right. You're gonna have to make it choice. You're gonna have to make it yep. yep. Too much German. Oh. Yes. Uh, what would my proposal be for your conference? Mm. What would you want me to talk about? Mm. Keyboards. I don't know. Hmm. I would talk about how you're like a closet Catholic, probably. Am I? I mean. I don't know. You'll have to listen to the paper. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Closet Catholic question mark. An yeah, exploration that's be my title. of the Lubach and Taylor dot, 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 dot. I probably will just leave it. I mean, now you can see why I've never gotten a paper into AAR. <laughs> is he a Catholic question mark is my title. <laughs> I'm not a Catholic. At the Kevin I'm not Taylor that much conference. Fun. At the Kevin Taylor conference. Here's your lanyard. None of these lanyards match. Shut up. My conference. My conference here. <laughs> I actually, I'm really sad because, so I'm trying to like network more with American theologians because like I did the British thing and like I'm working on my Americans and like I tried to go to the Southeastern conference thing. All right. Um, Because I got a paper in there and I hear you click. No, it wasn't me. 
Don't lie to me. And what happened to the paper? I can. It got accepted. And then, um, but I mean but... now. Well, no, 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 no. It was over spring break, but I took. Um, I I did that trip with Queens University Charlotte to Northern Ireland, so I had to pick. Oh right! So you turn them down. Oh right, of course. Yeah, Ireland. Did, but I'm looking forward to that next year. That may be my new AAR. Um, I went to that. Twelve years ago, one year, like before I'd even started Pfeiffer, and I liked it, but I didn't know anyone there. But it was definitely more manageable. Yeah, I think because it's my... like 150 people or something. Did you say that you had gone there 12 years and then changed it to one year ago? Uh, no, I didn't mean to. Did I? Roll the tape. Uh, I did it before I went to, before I was full time at Pfeiffer. Maybe that's, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember, hmm. but it was a long time ago down in Atlanta, I believe. Oh, blessed Atlanta. Go, dogs. Those are some big yeah. hotels downtown. That one gave me I vertigo. Mean, yeah whatever the main one is downtown by the convention center. It's got like uh, 40 um, stories and it's got the opening in the middle. I don't know. When you go up top uh, and look down, I have to like lay down for a while. It's very dizzy. <laughs> so we will not be having the Kevin conference. No. <laughs> you would just be like on the floor. The I would just time. crawl up the steps. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, where is the man of honor? And it would be like, oh, he's, he's still shivering. Down. He's still shivering out there. He's in a corner. Oh, have you seen the Mr. Bean where he tries to go off the pool platform at the top of the pool thing? The high. Oh, one? you're much older than me. That's an old. That's an old. Oh, show. it's so funny because he goes up there and then he gets scared and like gets that. And then these kids come up behind him and it's like he's embarrassed. He doesn't want to go down the ladder, but he's got to go over the edge and he's terrified. It's it's hilarious. Hilarious. I'll send it to you. Oh, yes, please do. Please do. So how are your, um, minus the food consumption, are your kids doing okay with you being their homeschool teacher? Yeah. Now? Yeah. I worked on exponents the other day. Oh, God. Um, I would be real bad. I, d I think my math is probably like sixth grade level. Well, um, this kid's in the fifth grade, so you're perfect. He... So oh, this book, I mean, I this know, book but... was, there's like a book and I would just looked in the chapter and, and, you know, it kind of gives you the definition and, and some example problems. So it was very cursory, but yeah, there's a bit of that. Um, so far it's, I guess it's okay. Um, My cats are okay in case you're wondering. Good, good. We did play Twilight Imperium, which is this crazy board game. I want to try to get Stuart to come out and play. And I even got Jenny in vaguely interested. I kind of had to, so I cut a deal with her. It's like, you've got to. Did you pay her off? I didn't pay her. I didn't pay family? her, but I forget. Yeah, there was something. Yeah, I don't remember how. Ooh. I know, right? It, no, it wasn't that exciting. I just don't remember because I'm old. But, <laughs> but yeah, somehow it's like, you've got to try it. Tried a couple times with an open mind, and I could. Then it's funny because she started out yawning. Like the minute we got it out, she'd start yawning. But now that she's at, she's loaded it in, in her uh, her RAM memory. Now she's like, "Oh, I'm going to do this and that." So I feel like if you listened to that and thought about something else, it would be a very hilarious conversation. That's a perfect. That's what she said. Conversation. So, Man memory? all you guys out there, go back and listen, oh, listen no. to that. Just everything from the start. Oh, no. And you're also playing um, with my other half. You're playing something. Yeah, we're doing like Dungeons a D. It's Dragons. a Dungeons and Dragons, like a, a, a spinoff, and it's where a bunch of different universes have collided. Remember the giant hadron collider thing in Switzerland? That's a real thing. I do. Like. And in this world, the, the experiment went wrong and it collided all these universes. So now it's a post-apocalyptic universe and there's like vampires and dinosaurs and medieval tech and like future tech. It's just kind of crazy fun. So I'm a telekinetic okay. vampire and I think Stuart is a, was he a dinosaur, dinosaur with something? 
He was a time traveler. Yeah, that isn't that fun. It's gonna be fun. I think it's <laughs> awesome. It's like a big mashup, so you get to do all this different stuff. It's funny this world. Like we're playing a pub quiz on, or a trivia quiz on, like our phones tonight. It's like everything is just moving. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's just like an introvert's delight. It's like we never have to leave the house. And I wonder if this is like how our world is going to be. Like, Good thing. if we keep, keep on doing this, like, I've spent more time staring at my phone in the past like week than probably in like the last year. Yeah. So, well, and interestingly, people don't just want to watch TV all day. Like, they're playing games and they want to do pub quiz. Like, Netflix sounds fun until you've got it all day. And then it's that's right. I I don't really I like binging certain shows, but like I don't want to just sit. No, I would I would. Can you imagine? I would throw cats around the room. It would make me crazy. I couldn't do. I know that imagery. I did finish the Good Place, which you uh, said you need to get back to that. Yeah, you need to get. Well, I'm trying to finish. You teach ethics. You literally teach. Well, you know, I spend time watching other things you've told me to watch, so. I'm still wrapping up Eastbound oh. and Down, which is hilarious. So oh funny. My gosh. Good choice. The worst bit when his friend, and by the way, this show is very raunchy, but when his friend dies and he has the twin and he takes the twin to show, show him to the old girlfriend and she thinks yeah. it's him back like, like he didn't die. I, oh. yep. It was so cringeworthy. <laughs> I mean, that whole show is basically one big cringe. It, it is like The Office. That. It just makes you cringe. You watch yeah. these terrible people who don't know they're terrible. That's part of it. Like, they're yeah. innocently terrible. Yeah. No. no, The Good Place is just pure. Oh, it pure is ethic. so funny. And th- there's a funny bit. So my friend Ryan is from Florida, and he and someone else had talked about kind of redneck Florida, which is a weird concept oh, yeah. for someone outside of Florida. But they pick up on that in The Good Place with the Asian guy, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. I think like Jacksonville. he's like this weird sort of rednecky Asian DJ kind of airhead yep. dude. And I, he's just, it's a hilarious performance in character. So, yes. He's my favorite. Yeah, probably all yeah he's show. such a mix. And his... He makes me want to go to Jacksonville. <laughs> Some people watch it and they're like, "Oh God, Jacksonville!" And I'm like, "I need to go to Jacksonville." Oh. Like, I must have missed something the first time around because this sounds interesting at the very least. So yeah, no, it's great. I mean, and also Arizona. She's from Arizona, which, again, no offense if anyone's from Arizona, but it's not a place I've thought that much about having this sort of distinct sort of. I guess redneck culture, but um, the main character like really kind of plays. Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the Arizona performances are just uh, hilarious in the script, though. It's yeah. It's I need I need to get back to it. Uh, I think I'm in the last season of Eastbound and Down, so maybe nine episodes left in that, and maybe I'll get back to the good place. But uh, and I also want to watch the Academy Award things, and I watched Parasite. But I haven't seen many others. Don't don't tell me about that because I've not seen it. So good, so good. Yeah, loved it, loved it. It's it's on our TV at the moment, but I have not seen it. Yeah, it's utter utterly gripping. Ah, okay. Well, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, Well, we want to tell our uh, all our four fans to like us on Facebook, right? Yes, yes, and. Uh, next time, you know, maybe we'll be out of this. Also, yeah, I mean, one thing that I will say that we did not talk about is what I'm waiting for are, because we're right now we're kind of in the midst of this thing with the Bahama Mama virus, <laughs> and like, which I'm just going to keep that yeah. up. That's, that's like copyright. Yep. And, um, but, and it's sort of chaotic, and then like, I wonder in like the next coming weeks, and I know there's been a little hint of it, but like, what are the theological implications? Like, what are people going to start saying? Like, I'm really interested because I'm, I'm still doing this book um, plug uh, for bad theology. Um, yeah. And so I'm, in- I'm interested to see if like 
what kind of stuff comes out of like whether it's this is happening because of something like God's punishing us or just any of it like I'm I'm just really interested I'm probably gonna be mad about it but I'm yeah no um that's that is something to look for I know there's already kind of was it Jim Baker was selling that silver Oh, silver, the silver the solution. solution. So there's a bit of that end of the world prepper type thing, but but I haven't heard him bringing out the God aspect. It's more of a more of a snake oil type selling than a. I think I've heard some sort of like we need to be in church praying for this to go away, right? And not rely so much on the medicine. There was a little bit of that, and I think that was kind of what Jim Baker. So Jim Baker, the televangelist. Um, selling the solution which looked a whole lot like hand sanitizer Mm -hmm. that you put all over your body which ow and um (laughs) it's called the silver solution wait (laughs) all over your body (laughs) i think he was pretty clear that it was all over um yeah think about that so um and he was selling it for like 100 200 bucks maybe 125 and why the hell anyway You can't put a price on health, especially $200. Good Lord. And he prayed over it, I think was his thing. I don't know. So, which, again, perhaps it will heal us all. However, um, science would infer that it will not. So, I, yeah, so I'll be interested to see what comes out of that. And again, when when we come together again, we might have more to discuss about that because... We're sort of in the, the eye of the, the storm at the mm-hmm. moment, I think. And, and how it's going to change church life because churches mm. are going to go several months probably without regular tithes, at least in person. So will people give online? Will churches close even more quickly? Will they just shift to a more virtual type presence? Because um, part of churches is a habit. And I was sort of thinking the other day how once people get out of the habit, it's going to be real easy to kind of not go back, I think. Once you yes. break and those worry, ties. Yes. And I worry about the mainstream churches, or sorry, mainline churches that are, like, I'm glad that Mount Gilead is doing online stuff. But a lot of the, like, like that, the sort of main street churches, I think are probably just not doing mm-hmm. that. I mean, the ones that I've seen my friends show online tend to be these independent churches that are doing stuff online that I'm seeing. Um, so I do wonder because the numbers in the mainline churches like Baptist, Methodist, et cetera, Presbyterian, they're out, they're kind of going down. And I wonder if this is going to be kind of a, a death nail for that. Yeah. Well, and I think general conference that was supposed to make some more decisions about the Methodist church and, um, LGBT issues that's canceled. So, uh, you know, that, that any thought of closure is, is not happening. So yeah, I think the death knell type, or at least the, the speeding up is, is a worry mm. of. Yeah. The acceleration. acceleration. Of, of and having course. older church yeah. members who, um, you know, there are some that are quite savvy online and there are many on Facebook, but some of the other things, um, or the reason they went was that connection to a building. So technology or the connection of the building may may really lead to a a, um, a rapid decline. And what's yeah. sad about the disease is um, also that I was reading today how you end up dying alone because people can't visit you. And I thought, oh my gosh, like your family uh-huh. and friends can't. You're you're in ICU and and yeah. In fact. I wonder if, and maybe if you, if anyone's listening and can answer this, are the chaplains staying in the hospital or does Jenny know that? Are the chaplains right. being told to leave or are they hanging I don't around? Know. I mean, a place like um, where we are, it's volunteer. So they don't have a, uh, a the, the, uh, the, right. um, but what they are doing. Um, I don't know. That's a great question. Huh. Well, anyone listening, you can. Yeah. help us out um because i just think like i i saw something and i think it was from a uk twitter but it was like um something about uh religious people a religious 
professionals who do religious work um, shouldn't be considered essential workers. Right. Um, and this was like a big debate that was on Twitter. And I thought that is an interesting idea, isn't it? Because when I worked as a chaplain in a children's hospital, um, you know, we were, they called the doctor. And then if the doctor, if the, the person wanted some other kind of help, even if they were spiritual or not, any kind of like to talk with somebody, we got paid. So we, I mean, I just wonder because people are so anxious and there's a lot of people if, if they are considered essential and if they're still around. Right. And part of it's whether there's testing and they know there's coronavirus in the hospital and, but yeah. we don't know. And so much of religion is about either tradition or, or, you know, hum, humane and human things. It's about people and faces. And, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, I don't know how it functions in a world that is robotic. I mean, it kind of can, you can have virtual online stuff, but yeah, but you can't hold, and we're not even supposed to hold people's hand. There's yes. also like the, yes, element. yes. And in like the, this not creepy way, but spiritual way of like holding someone's hand or praying or just our hands are such a big theological part of this. And it's like not being able to have that contact and then not being able to be in the same room. It's just, it really, I think is going to, going to be very, very interesting in the future to see that. So, yeah, I don't know. Changing world. It is. Well, any chaplains who are out there that uh, have, uh, we'll, we'll post this, uh, I'll get it tonight or tomorrow, clean it up a little. And um, so tweet out at us at Theology Is, correct? At Theology Is. Yep. And uh, there's That's the nice. Facebook. And um, and we also like to hear any ideas about future episodes. Yes, I know, um, please. I thought we might talk about your new book, and um, but I think we needed to. We needed to talk about the current thing. And one thing I will say is theologians also, I think, are trying to put a little bit of hope. And there's a lot of people reach out to the people around you because there's a lot of a lot of spiraling about having these conversations over and over, I think. Mm. So I try as best I can to kind of insert some hope in all of yeah. that um, where it's appropriate. And sometimes it's just like, I'll see you tomorrow or I'll see you in the come. you know, like it's doesn't have to be like you know some massive theological declaration just like um yes we can talk about my book next next time um 2022 bad theology when the book's out not when we'll talk yes yeah scm press 2020 awesome i know i'm excited yeah so it's 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 yep i'll just keep talking about this and then when it's done i don't know i guess i'll just be like having a baby Mm -hmm. I'll just like have to find something else. I'll just wander around in a field somewhere. Redecorate the the office, the nursery. Yeah. Yes. I'm gonna build a crib and put that book inside of it <laughs> and then tuck it into bed. Uh, Get a little like hangy down thing that has like knives and forks on it oh, for it to play. Right. With. Right. Oh, no. right. Oh, how sweet. All right. Okay. Goodbye, friend.